that actually brings up a point, though. Oh, we're back to here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we always come back to here somehow. This show goes to weird places after a while, especially when I'm controlling it here. It's Wednesday, and you're listening to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, and you're here with Brock, Byron, and Alex. So what have you been doing today? And that was Amira Black Bubblegum. Welcome back to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM with Brock, Byron, and Alex isn't actually here today. So it's just Brock and Byron for today, I guess. Yes, Alex has an exam, so unfortunately he's out for it. What is this? Putting on an exam on the same day as Hump Day Vibes? Sacrilege! Complete sacrilege. This is outrageous. I think it's terrible. But, you know, it's how it goes. So... Normally, we start our show off with the weekly challenge, so it's not changing. (laughs) Who will win? Who will fail? It is now time for the weekly challenge. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So, firstly, last week, we were challenged to go without caffeine. And who was the first to fall? Uh... Totally wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I failed straight away. Uh, The next day, wasn't it? Yeah. You sent a message on Facebook. (laughs) I stuffed up. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, so I messaged uh, Byron and Alex on Facebook going, guys, I've just made a big mistake. I've stuffed up hell bad. And then here they are, like, acting all concerned about me. They're like, Brock, are you okay? What's going on? And then I was like, I failed the weekly challenge. (laughs) (laughs) It was bad, but... Saying that, become because on Monday night, I failed the challenge too. Ooh. First challenge ever failed, just letting you know. I had to fail sometimes, but it was by sheer accident. Mine too. But mine was, I got given a drink. It had some alcohol in it. and But the thing is, I didn't know that other stuff had. I thought, it was, I thought the drink didn't have anything in it and I was wrong. That's all we have to go by it. And I lost. So I've enjoyed a Red Bull later on because of it. And I know Alex has failed it. We know 100%. I he, saw him fail it. <laughs> has he even... He's never... He's, like, completed maybe one challenge? He's horrible at completing challenges. Yeah. But at, at the same time, he's completed uh, the really easy ones he's completed. Because, I mean, obviously, we had the burpee breakdown. Because no, we no, physically... No. He failed it. He failed it? He didn't complete it. Oh, sorry. That's right. Yeah. Because all of us failed it. Yes. Yeah. But we, tr- we attempted it, though, which is the main thing. Yeah, I just stopped because I got past you guys. And I was like, okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he definitely did the, the really easy music one, which, you know, it's barely a challenge, but we were desperate for something. So he passed that. Well, you were desperate for something. I've always got ideas. <laughs> yeah. But, but it was a good one, though. Yeah. yeah I thought that one. was a really good one. Hmm. So this week, though, and I have to exclude Brock from this because of a certain issue with needles, uh, but... The challenge to me and Alex is in the next two weeks, and I hope he's going to listen to this later on because I'm going to have to remind him. <laughs> I doubt is it. To donate blood. Because there's always the, uh, especially in winter, people stop donating as much because everyone gets sick and it's needed to essentially boost supplies. I've always been trying to do it, and every time I go to do it, something happens, whether I get sick or something like that, then I forget. So this time, I will be attempting to donate blood. That's my challenge, and that's Alex's challenge. And Brock gets off this week, because what happens to you? Yeah, I just don't do well with giving blood or taking blood tests or anything like that. I 
Taking I, tests in general. Yeah, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just faint. That's, I mean, that's how you are. You can't really do anything about it. Just happens. So unfortunately, Brock cannot compete in this challenge. Mm. But I mean, it's it, it's a pass, but it's a fail. So what is it? What is it? Uh, I'd say it's a uh, an exemption. <laughs> yes. But yeah, but there is actually a really funny story about the whole fainting thing, though. So uh, we had the flu shot thing recently. Yeah. And so, when you do the flu shot things, uh, I jokingly talked to the uh, person who was doing it about how, oh, should I have mentioned that I fainted before with, like, thingos? And then she acted really concerned. She's like, you should have told me. We would have had you lie down and everything like that. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm just going to sit down. I'll be fine. And she's like, have a good sit for 15 minutes after. And we just walked away straight away. But uh, we, we were supposed to do a physical after as well because the nurses on campus... You get the injection and then they would like you to do a physical and they do high weight, blood pressure, stuff like that. Stuff we didn't have time for because we had to broadcast. Yeah, exactly. Or at least I had to broadcast. And yeah, so I, well, I mean, we didn't do it. I did it last, the year before that. But it's also helping them out. Moving forward, though, on today's show, we'll be talking a lot about E3 because we're a bit nerdy. Uh, there's going to be plenty to talk about because of that. Some nice announcements, including Microsoft doing one I really really loved very impressed and, with that one and it helps us get a little nostalgic but not to the point i mean it's more nostalgic for say an 18 year old than it is for us because they can play games at the out when they were a lot younger but we'll come to that later coming up next though here's ashley ryan get you off my mind and that was Axon and hilo habits and before that august roman what did what you did to me <laughs> What did I do to you, man? What did you do to me? You gave me hard ones <laughs> to say. That's what you did. So coming up next, we're talking about E3. And E3 is a huge convention, electronic expo, essentially of what's coming up in gaming. And what's the first one you want to cover? Rock? Well, this is a tough one because there's so many announcements which have been made in the past 24 hours that I, don't, I, I genuinely don't know where to start. But... The first thing I want to talk about is probably Cyberpunk 2077. With Keanu Reeves? Yeah, with Keanu Reeves. Oh. Just for the fact that, even though taken away from the game, did you see the video which has just been went viral where Keanu turns up unannounced um, to the public and then he gives a presentation after the trailer is shown and he's like, this whole situation is really breathtaking. And then some random guy in the crowd yells out to Keanu, you're breathtaking. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, and then Keanu turns around to see who says it, looks him in the eye and says, no, you're breathtaking. Everyone here is breathtaking. And it was really, really cool. And uh, yeah, I just I just really wanted to talk about that because that, that made me feel good, man. I love yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, except you weren't in the crowd. <laughs> I like to pretend that I was. I think we all woke up a little early to watch that because if you don't know, you've got to kind of wake up. Well, it was 4 a.m., was it, for the Xbox One? And then it, it schedule's up for us, but... Yeah, because it's, it's US, obviously, yeah. so it's all wacky times, especially for Perth. Yeah, we, so. we kind of get messed around there a little bit. Mm. For but, the first topic I'd like to talk about, though, is the Nitro Racing... No, oh, wait. Crash Nitro? Yes, uh, that's yeah, it. Crash Team Racing Nitro Field. Yeah, yes. so that's actually not a part of E3, but Sony decided to do what Sony does, and during E3 decided to dump a lot of trailers of playstation stuff onto the people because they're like you know free advertising but the thing is though isn't the that game going to be again on all platforms though uh it will be eventually so uh 
The Switch port will be coming soon. It won't be released at the same time as PlayStation, but it's being worked on right now, but it will be on all the consoles. See, this kind of makes it kind of question their motives. Are they just considering what they want to do with the community, thinking, oh, the whole world is going cross-play right now. This game is not going to be a great exclusive, but if we make it on everything, everyone might buy it and might sell a few more copies, essentially. Exactly. Imparting a, a, let's be honest, porting a low-quality game, a low-poly game, which, even though the game is polished, if you consider it, say, to the high-budget games that, say, the uh, Cyberpunk game coming out, the level of polish required for it is a lot less. So I guess it's easier to port and use the tech. It's a lot less, but... The amount of love which has gone into this, uh, it's it's gone beyond a, a, a remake. They have put content which wasn't even in the original into this game. So they've decided to uh, include tracks from Crash Nitro Kart, which was an indirect sequel to the 99 uh, uh, Crash Team Racing on the PlayStation 1. They've decided to add characters from those games as well. They've even decided to add in Spyro the Dragon into this game now. Oh. And... Really? Yes, and I am so excited because that is the one thing that I wanted. Because doing this, Sony have created their competitor to Mario Kart. And I believe it is a hundred times better than Mario Kart. I'm going to wait till you get it and I'm going to come around and we're going to do a recording on this. Okay. That's just a reminder to everyone. So if, if we don't do this and it comes out, hit us up on Facebook at Hump Day Vibes and tell us that we haven't done it right. But that's also a plug yeah. to our Facebook. <laughs> and even in note, because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Crash Team Racing in general. So I, I speed run the game, if you don't know, which is means uh, you try and complete the game as fast as you can. So I consider myself in the high, not high percentage of skill levels, but if you had to range people for like from a 1% to 100%, I'd consider myself in the top 2.5% of players. That's a so really high percentage. That is, that is a genuine really high percentage. And the reason why it's a top 2.5 is because the top... 2.4, like better than me, they can do stuff which I'm still probably trying to learn. Is it glitches and stuff that you're on about? Not glitches, but more unintended shortcuts. Ah. So currently at the moment, like the world record to complete the any percent, which is just, you're not going for 100%, you're just beating the final boss sort of thing, Yeah. is currently 51 minutes. So uh, to beat the entire game, I'm at the one hour and four minutes mark right now, which seems really slow, but in reality... That 10 to, you know, 15 minutes, which I'm behind, I can make up like that with a good old, like probably another like couple of months of training to uh, not get that good, obviously, but like to do all the shortcuts, like, you know what I mean? But, What's yeah. the point of it though? What's the point of speed running? What is it for you? Like, why do you want to play an old game and speed run it? Because I just really love the game. It's my favorite game of all time. And I, d- I just love... I just love playing it and like I just it's just a different challenge you know I can beat the game and I can do that why not challenge myself something further why not try and do some shortcuts which weren't even intended originally which have a huge skill level you know I it's it's weird but it's fun I do get that I did speed run Halo 2 a little bit just not as not to probably your level but just see if I can make all the shortcuts and do it in a quicker time but that's a I guess that's a different story though but we're coming up to next song though Next song is Brooklyn, Better Before. Hope you're having a great day, enjoying the substandard weather, let's be honest. It's somewhat sunny today, I guess. <laughs> not too bad, but not too good either. Anyway, here's the song. I hope you enjoy it, guys. Yeah, 
And <laughs> you got baited real I bad. I got baited there. by the ending. <laughs> that was Charbel Work It Out, and before that was Chapel City Lights. Both good songs. I liked the first one, the City Lights, more, but that's just my personal opinion only. What about yours? Hit us up on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> So firstly, first, we had to choose a topic this week that would come under the nerd talk because there's a lot of nerd talk. So before we start talking, we are talking Pokemon Game of Thrones. We could talk about that. You guys remember Gangnam Style, right? I loved Gangnam Style. You're listening to Nerd Talk. So our nerd talk topic this week, even though we're talking about a lot of it, is Star Wars Jedi. Fallen Order. Now, Brock hasn't actually looked enough into this, but I have. And I just, I'm always so optimistic when they bring out a new Star Wars thing. I'm thinking, yes, my new fix for Star Wars. Because when it comes down to it, nothing has compared to Jedi Academy for me. And that was a big thing for me back in the day. I played that a lot. My brother played that a lot. You'd go through, you'd complete your choice of four or five missions, get your abilities level up, continue the story along. This game has a feel of that, and that gives me so much hope for this game. But that's a pro. The con is they've got the guy that plays the Joker from Gotham as the image of it, and I do not think he's the right choice for it. As in Cameron Monaghan? Is that the person? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know his name. Like uh, (laughs) Jerome from Gotham. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cameron Monaghan. Yeah, so they use this model as the character, and... I mean, I'll give it a chance, but I don't think he was the right pick for a facial actor, considering what we've got out there. That's an interesting choice, because he played uh, Jerome slash the Joker incredibly well in Gotham. And I really don't see him as a sort of Star Wars character, because I feel like the roles he's suited for don't match that. So that, that's an interesting choice. I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out, but... I'm willing to give it the benefit of a doubt. Maybe I'm typecasting a little bit here, though. Maybe that person's in that role for a reason. Maybe they're not. Like, I've got to give someone else the chance for Batman, and I don't know how I feel about that, but again, got to give them the chance until it actually happens. Like, Peter Dinkle was the voice of, uh, what was it, in Destiny? Ooh. The drone I- thing from the moon planet or something. I didn't actually know uh, he voiced that, actually. Yeah, his voice is in it. Like, wow. during the uprise of Game of Thrones and his popularity, essentially, they used his voice for it. I mean, it's a good voice for it, but essentially, it wasn't used properly. So, you, again, got to give everyone a chance. And that is really hard for the nerd community. Another con of it, though, while watching what was happening, uh, it's got this slash, uh, you know, dash and slash mechanic where you have your lightsaber going through the character. It felt old. When you're watching it, your slashes go through someone and it burns them. But really, as a Jedi, at this time in my viewing of these games, I can't expect limbs to fall off when I do that stuff. Do you feel like we should be at that point? Or is this more because I think this game should be for a more mature audience? That's a tough one because I have two ideas in regards to that. So my first one is Disney obviously owns the Star Wars IP. And they love their PG. Exactly. So that's my first thing. So in order to market a Star Wars game to a more family-friendly audience, even if the game isn't really family-friendly in the first place, because obviously 
it's Star Wars. It's going to have, like, gunfights and stuff like that. So it's going to have some form of mature rating to it. That I can understand if there's going to be no added gore with limbs and whatnot. But at the same time, though, I feel like you can take that risk. With, like, especially with getting slashed by a bloody lightsaber. So I just feel that every other Star Wars game has been a disappointment for me, at least. Going back, I can say straight out definitively, my last good Star Wars game I played was The Force Unleashed 2. I thought it was a great storyline. I enjoyed the combat and the gameplay. And this is where I will be possibly disappointed again. I didn't put much faith into Battlefront, and I love the Battlefront series. But when you have microtransactions in a game, it just kind of lets you down. And, I mean, this drop is looking hopeful. But again, I'm not sure how it's going to work out. And this is the problem with lots of games these days. They release such a nice trailer sometimes, or in this case, something that I'm kind of optimistic about, but not sure yet till I get my feet wet in it. By the way, I'd love to get a ticket to the next E3, so anyone listening that has that connection... (laughs) (laughs) Hook me up. No. <laughs> me too, please. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I'd, I'd love to firstly cover it. But when it comes down to it, there's so much hope we have behind these games. And for them to be a commercial flop and then a company go under that is known to making something that's decent, just makes me wonder, can you make a good game from it? Or is there just that, because it's from a movie, uh, essentially a movie universe, can you actually hit the nail on the head, so to speak, and make something beautiful like The Witcher 3 from a, definitely from a book stance, but I, from a movie stance, it kind of gets a bit harder. You definitely can make something good, and I bring that down to one thing, which is deadlines. In my opinion, every single game based on a movie IP or a TV show IP, anything to do with that, they are always given a specific deadline on when they need the game, you know? They'll always announce it maybe a year and a bit in advance, and then they'll be like, all right, or it's coming in six months' time or something like that. They need to stop with deadlines. They need to give them plenty of time to finish the project and then start getting everything into gear. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that. To quote you, that brings up a good point, though. Hey. <laughs> they just need to be able to remove deadlines. Deadlines are the worst thing in the gaming industry. I'm watching that happen right now with one of my degrees I'm doing, which is game art and design. And one of the units we have to do, we have to build a game. And I'm noticing constantly that because of the scope you're trying to achieve and the amount of work you need to put into it, there's only so much stuff that can be done in a time frame, and especially if people are pulling their weight or not. But I guess when you're being paid money, you kind of do pull your weight because it's a paycheck and you can be fired from it. But so when it comes down to it, even if you've got a nice scope, you've got to polish your game. Games have to be polished these days unless you're some indie developer with some niche idea. Minecraft, for example. Even that wasn't polished, though. That was making a lot of money. (laughs) Mm. So it comes down to it. Where does the polish end? And where does the game begin to be, okay, we can release this now? Do we remove the deadline? Do we do what Blizzard usually does? I I think Blizzard does a great model of it. Sorry, guys, our game isn't ready. We're going to spend another six months polishing it for you guys. And that way, when you get it in your hands, you will love it. It will feel fluid and amazing. And the downside of that is fans really aren't happy at first. They're like, oh, really? God damn it, Blizzard, like, blah, 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 stuff like that. But then at the end of the day, they release something which most people are actually really happy about once it finally gets released. And that's because it just gives it six months extra time. 
And I know, especially with you, Byron, you're a bit of a perfectionist yourself. So you always like to make sure everything is done, everything is done perfectly, and it follows everything that which has been planned. I like you calling me a perfectionist. I mean... It's true. Yeah, we did some work together and you'd always send it to me and be like, what's wrong? What's wrong with it? Pick it out. Destroy me. <laughs> and actually, the last one he did, I didn't have to do anything to it, which was great. Was great. That's when I knew I made it in life. I was oh. like, oh, Byron, can't do anything to it. Like, what else do I have to look forward My to? My audio editing standards <laughs> yeah. are amazing now. <laughs> okay, now that we're off topic, we're going to the next song. His... Here's a song by Chase Zebra called Mess. I hope you enjoy it and having a great day. It's 3.43. And that was Date, Full Contact. And before that was Creed the Kid, Vibes. Nice song, both of them. I enjoyed that second one more. Not, not really into the other style, though. Yeah, I mean, the first one really didn't give that hump day vibes vibes, if you no, know what I mean. No, it didn't. I mean... Our music master here, though, always chooses our music. He usually does pretty well, though, so... Gotta mix it up, you know? I try my best. Yeah. Your best is always the best. To <laughs> <laughs> be honest, it's better than mine for music choice. <laughs> what are we gonna play? Oh, more Sum 41. Oh, yellow card. Oh, what? More Sum 41? Wait a minute, is that Flume? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so coming up now, we are talking about more E3 stuff. Oh, no. We should uh, just call this show the E3 edition or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, the, on this topic of it, uh, Microsoft made the announcement that the next generation of its consoles, which are coming out in 2020, will be 100% backwards compatible with all Xbox accessories and content. Now, to me, that's a big thing. Because, essentially, if you're doing this, you're saying... That from the start, so four consoles, that's four different inputs, saying that not really four, but it is four, will be able to be uh, plugged into the machine. I cannot think about anything worse than using the original Xbox controller. If you remember that, it was very chunky. And as a little kid, well, any little kid that had small hands, you ain't reaching all those buttons that were on there. That is interesting, though, because... I feel like they've kind of uh, overcomplicated things in a bit. If they've got four inputs, they could have just created maybe an adapter or something like that. I feel like that's actually how they're going to go about it, though. Because what is the point of adding another input that has essentially taking up more space when you can have an accessory? The accessory may be the universal attachment part. I mean, they do pump out the USB slots on these machines anyway, and that seems like a logical way to go about it. Oh! <gasps> Could you imagine if it's all no USB? It's, it's like the new USB type, the really tiny one that Apple seems to be using. That actually could be a possibility because it's Microsoft, of course. And, you know, they're, they're trying to get ahead of the curve and Apple is one of their huge competitors, of course. So that... Yeah, but I'm talking about using the same technology as like in their situation. Do they stay with USB? The you know USB ports are amazing. They're universal. They go back as compatible. You know, you could have a USB 1 slot. It will take a USB 4, but it only run at USB 1 speeds. Mm. So I wonder, will they actually change the ports themselves? That's the first question. No, I'm going to take it back. They won't. They'll stick with the universal USBs in that case. Yeah. Just I, because they obviously have all their PC equipment as well, which is all USB, and that's com- that's compatible, of course. So Yeah. I, ooh, I wonder if the uh, the original Connect will work with it. <laughs> 
Ooh. Um, I mean, I thought that thing was terrible. A better question would be, would anyone want to try? They say everything <laughs> will be compatible. That's what the yeah. statement said. They didn't say exactly how it was going to be. They'd go about it. But it's interesting when they think when they make these announcements and you wonder what's going to happen. I mean, when the original Xbox One came out, they said it was going to be online only. And what this means is essentially you required an internet connection to be on at all times to be able to play it. This was taken back straight away, though. Such a bad idea. And it's the same with online only games, unless it's like an MMO, obviously. Yeah. But, oh, it's just the worst decision to make a game online only because... For example, I'll use the uh, Need for Speed game from 2015. Yeah. That was online only. And it was a single player game. Wait, really? Yes. There is no need for a single player game to require an internet connection at any time unless you have to update update it. I guess it's when you look at it as a push of the community, it just doesn't work. But something that I really, really, really was excited about for this was that Apart from the announcement of the new console coming out, because I had a theory that Xbox wouldn't be doing a new console, because they're, they're making the Xbox Live available on the Switch, or at least trying to. You didn't know that? No, I did not. So Brock gave me an expression of, I'm confused. Wow, <laughs> that is very interesting, considering that uh, Nintendo have their... Yeah, but their library is useless. Like, I've been... Every time there's a new console, they bring out a new platform, and it just doesn't work. Hmm. And, I mean, they've shut down every single other one. It's just attempt after attempt. What's wrong with them doing essentially what phone providers have done and just taking the Android copy, except the Xbox version? Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. It seems like a logical way to go. Why not take the best of something? Yeah, their console's not the best. I personally hate the install times. But really, if you take it and you install it on the Switch, imagine the library that could be available for it. Yes, Nintendo might have to, you know, the, the negotiations might have to be different, but everything goes across it. That'd be super. I think that's amazing. The main thing is, though, I think going back to the backwards compatibility part, though. Yes. That is a must on every console, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like, especially since they've been continually using a disk drive, they never went to the HDD disk drive that was proposed back in the Xbox 360 days when the Blu-ray versus H... It was two discs, essentially. Blu-ray versus DVD, essentially. It wasn't Blu-ray versus DVD. It was Blu-ray versus this HD DVD. It was not as good as the Blu-ray, though. Sony brought out Blu-ray and Blu-ray took off. So, 1-1-1 didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I got you, mate. So, yeah, it, it worked out for that. But this is the... This backwards compatibility thing, I think this will have some great great things that are going to happen. Everyone's going to bring out their old games, for example. They can just have one console there sitting there instead of having to throw in other things. I know the Xbox One, they've been pushing backwards compatibility with it, but to install the software on there for the architecture, the, the thing's going to have the power to run it. I'm going to say straight out, X, the Xbox, whatever they call it, I don't know what they're calling it, though. The Xbox Two. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. It might be the Xbox All... Ooh, actually, actually, I actually don't mind that name, the Xbox. It might all. be, but so because it might be the you know whatever they name it, it's gonna be backwards compatible, and that the ability to bring all my discs and be okay. I'm just gonna put it in this one thing, and it's just gonna boot the disc. The software's gonna run, and especially for the 360 and the the original Xbox, that's gonna be amazing because those would just put the disc in and play. If you don't remember, that may be a foreign concept to some people. 
because these things have install times, but the original ones would just put it in and play. How amazing is that? I think that's how all consoles... That was the benefit of consoles. There was no install time. And now there is. And I think that's a problem. And this may be something that changes it. And maybe the next generation of games, it might change as well with the way they get their things to work. Yeah, there's a huge thing on uh, digital games and whatnot at the moment about whether do you actually own the digital games or not? Because and even I know with even situations like Steam, so you don't actually own those games. You own the license to those games. Yes, and that's a huge debate. I just actually found something on the Xbox on the settings of a profile. You can transfer content you own. As in, you can transfer the content to someone else. I think that was amazing because, personally, I I mean, I don't have anything of that, but I my original Xbox One I bought, the guy sold it to me under the premise that, oh, I have these, I'm never going to have an Xbox again. I'm selling you my account as well. Now, honestly, it was Assassin's Creed. I didn't really care about it. <laughs> But it was, you know, the idea of having it there just in case. And to be honest, it's been four or five years I haven't touched it. But the idea of having it there and being able to transfer it to my account, that sounds great. And say if I one day have kids and I never play it again, I'm like, oh, here's my old catalog of games. Yeah, you can essentially uh, give them all your games, which they can hopefully maybe one day experience. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I guess that will work out anyway. We're coming up to our next song. I don't know how to say this. Evelyn Angel... Here, pa- pass me the list, young Padawan learner. Um, ah, yes. So the next song coming up right now is The Strangest Thing by Evangeline. Hope you enjoy it. Sorry I can't say it. <laughs> you listen to Hump Day Vibes. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And that was Charles and Jane by Ivy Jane Brown. And before that, we had Don't Care by Golds. Welcome back to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM with Brock, Byron, and not Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Alex will be back next week, though. He's just uh, got an exam, like we mentioned earlier, so he's not here for the time being. But yeah. Now, anyways, Byron, um, have you heard of what's going on in Hong Kong at the moment? No, I haven't heard of it, but I'll be looking up when we start talking about it so I can add to the conversation. (laughs) Okay. Well, to give you a tiny bit of context. So, what's happening? People are taking part in protests against a controversial extradition bill in Hong Kong. So why are they doing this now? So lawmakers were set to debate the bill, which would enable China to extradite fugitives from Hong Kong in a legislative council session on Wednesday morning. And so that meeting was postponed. So for some context in regards to this, though, so critics were saying that the uh, bill will leave anyone on Hong Kong soil vulnerable to being grabbed by Chinese authorities for political reasons or business offences, and undermine the city's semi-autonomous legal system. So currently at the moment, China runs under... Not China, sorry. uh, Hong Kong runs under the one country, two systems, which is in effect until 2047. So uh, basically, this means that it doesn't matter, like, who you are. You can be a foreigner. You can be, like, just having a stopover in Hong Kong or anything like that. You can be taken and extradited to China to face authorities there. Now, are you saying that people can be grabbed by... Chinese diplomats and stuff like oh Chinese officials yes and they can grab you from there and just take you there straight away yeah or are you saying that the people in Hong Kong arrest you and then you get taken over there no the other way the first one you said how does that work though exactly it's just and like that's why it's you being, can have extra police in there and that's why it's being protested at the moment because uh, just for a fun fact for you so 
Hong Kong has around 7 million citizens. Yeah. 1.03 million. So one in seven people at the moment are protesting this. That's a large portion of people. Yeah. And so basically it is insane what's going on right now. Imagine the workflow they'll lose from that though. Well, exactly. And that's like shutting down the economy. Yeah, and I've got a uh I've got a friend at the moment who is living in Hong Kong at the moment. So um yeah, like and they they're giving me updates right now on like what's going on and it's insane. Hey, just oh. Well, if you Google it, you will see some images of an entire city-length street filled with people. Firstly, I wonder how the protest runs when it's like that. Like, can the people at the back hear what's going on? Is there something at the front happening? Where is the stand at where people are you know, voicing the people? Where's the leaders at, essentially, saying, this is bad? Well, yeah, and they're blocking off the whole, um, like it was meant to be voted on today but they're blocking off the entire area so people can't actually get in to vote or anything like that. So the whole meeting has been postponed. But the main thing really is that this is really scary. Yeah. Because, like, obviously at the moment, yes, even though they're technically one country, they're not meant to be running as if they're one country. That's why it's called one country, two systems. It's similar to Macau, how Macau is technically a autonomous, like, location. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just worried at the moment. Hey, like... This is slowly, ru- not ruining, but essentially it's ruining the one, the one country, two systems well, system. Who, who brought it in, though? Who, who wants to bring this legislation in? Is it pressure from China or is it... Uh, so it's a bit of both at the moment. So uh, I don't, I don't want to get too political because it's... Again, oh, come I'm, on, get a little political No, it's because well, I'm, I'm not 100% informed about the entire okay. situation, so I don't want to spread misinformation. Yep. But from my understanding of what I've been told, it's how there's sort of two different groups, one which is more pro-mainland China sort of opinions and then the other which isn't that, essentially. So they're essentially struggling for power and one hopes to put this legislation in to essentially remove the other one. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, so threads are bit by bit are being moved. And that is how you lose things. Yes. Lose... uh, Actually, that will happen... That's what happens usually. You don't take everything away. You slowly take it away, always with reason behind it. But the big thing here is, though, they shouldn't be doing that in general until 2047. Yeah, yeah. I feel... Because it was a 50-year thing. Yeah, I feel that, essentially, they've got a system in place where they monitor their entire population. And it's the global ranking... They have a ranking system for their citizen ranking system. And having that... And putting that in Hong Kong as well, unless it probably exists there as well, and they just haven't activated it properly, that system would probably be used to pick the people out, to remove them essentially, because they're not following the same views. And this is something that they probably implemented thinking, oh, it's for safety, but then that's the swap around right there. It's for safety, but really it's for our benefit, not your benefit. And this is something that I'm... This is what I'm seeing them, you know, Hong Kong being in trouble for. This is something that will be the problem in the end. Anything that happens there will now be gone. And I don't, I mean, personally, I look at that system coming into play just for them. And I just see things being messed up, especially with their targeting system. And the thing is, though, like, this is one in seven people protesting in the entire country as well. That's a big number. That is a big number. I couldn't 
fathom that happening in Perth. Well, it, it, would, it wouldn't jam. happen. <laughs> it, it wouldn't happen. And what's very interesting, though, is it's a very, like, from the people, it's a very peaceful proje- um, protest as well. Yeah. They're doing it peacefully. But what's worrying is, will something bad happen to them, even though they're doing peacefully? Like, we won't know. How are you supposed to target one-seventh of the population? Well, it's not as if you're targeting one-seventh, but it's more like if one little thing happens, that brings fear. Well, we have another civil war? Oh, I don't know, but that's just speculation. But it's just... yeah. Another, it, another country has a civil war because they don't want to join it. And then with that, I could see the, a massive amount of escalation happening. Yeah, it's just very big world news at the moment. And I'm personally just worried, it could, especially just because I've got friends over there at the moment. And I thought, I thought it was an interesting thing to bring up. But either way, though, uh, just so we uh, don't spread any more false information or anything like that, because we don't know 100% yeah, of the we, details. We don't we're not know over everything. there. This is just uh, like our what we're seeing and reading right now. We're going to go to our next song, though, and that is Sinner by Jade May. So once again, you are listening to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And that was Control by Lowdown. And before that, we had Manyara by Kendall. Welcome back to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Now, Byron, I hear that you're a fan of getting taxied to places via air. Just now, just about an hour ago, Uber announced that they have a new rideshare type device going on, and which is being is called, developed. At being the developed, yeah, and being trialled in Melbourne or being announced to happen in Melbourne, called Uber Air. And essentially, it's the new, the forward movement of drones, but it's also the forward movement of flying cars. Who thought it would be at this point? Essentially, a flying transport would be where we're at. And from Uber, of all things. Yeah, Uber doing this, that seems interesting enough as it is. I can't believe they're doing this. This is That's something interesting to me as it is. But they're trying it in certain areas to see how it works. Now, Australia, I think it can work. We have an open space. We have a lot of underground power. And we don't have... Well, okay, so Perth doesn't have the big high-rise buildings to make it a problem. In other areas, I don't think it can work. Do you know the main issue that I have with things like this, though? Legislation? No, no, not just that. But, I mean, that would be one of them. But, okay, so, for example, you have the air traffic, but that doesn't get rid of ground traffic. So all the air traffic at one point has to find a spot where they'd park or something like that. Now, if they're not going to be parking directly attached to buildings or something like that, they're going to have to find a a, a, a parking spot. But they're going to be taken up by stuff on the ground. So you're literally going to it. Maybe at some point you might be doubling up on traffic on the ground. And that doesn't really give you space to do anything. Well, there's a very nice movie called Star Trek Into the Darkness that has a very nice concept of parking on a pillar. So this pillar just exists and everyone just connects into it. And that's your platform. This is the way I see this possible traffic issue that you're on about. With air traffic, they drop you off and then it just go parks itself on a pillar. And I just see this as the way they'll do it. This is the pr- That problem's solved, done already. That's just at least my opinion of that. So uh, for someone like myself who, like we've mentioned in the past, doesn't really watch much TV or movies, explain this pillar concept to me. Think of just a giant pillar with... Uh, Imagine you just get a pillar with toothpicks sticking out of it. 
except they're more ra- they're rails for them to park on. And they sit on it, slide in, connect, may charge up, do whatever they go do there, and then redeploy. That would be the system that would possibly be in place for these devices. So it's kind of like a car parking like yes. thing. Yeah. Except of having to have a car park with lots of ramps going up. It's just one pillar. And you just park in the pillar. Yeah, and they'll just automatically park you to the pillar. And that's where I see this happening, what they'll do with that. I also see this as a great opportunity to progress our transport. Imagine the time you cut off instead of having to, you know, traffic. You have traffic jams. You have, well, you know, long, windy paths to get somewhere. Just imagine the straight shot. You could also hit those speeds in the air at 100 k's an hour or more. That sounds like a horrible idea because then, it would, I mean, it'd have to be regulated because you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't just be able to go straight. You, you'd have to follow up a sort of road sort of system, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. you'd Because if, if everyone's just gone all over the place, just like gone direct straight lines and stuff like that. And, and imagine the sound it makes, too. Imagine, and imagine the crashes because they, they'll crash. They'll go straight to the ground and stuff like that. And that's scary, man. Oh, okay. You said it's scary, but... When you look at a chopper, for example, when a helicopter, essentially the propeller stops working, they can land that no problem. That's that's 100% able to be landed with the right training, of course. So I feel they'll be able to have fail-safes in for this. Okay, but uh, compare the traffic with a helicopter, like now, compared to the traffic of what will happen if every single person at some point, you know, because that's, that's an evolution of... Like cars yeah, and stuff like that. Everyone will point. eventually have one at some point. Well, Nowadays, helicopters don't have that traffic. They're by themselves, essentially. Okay, I see an automated world in the future where we don't control anything. And everyone's going to connect to this tech to a grid that has a backup on it. And you're just going to follow the grid. The grid's going to do all the math for the, the tech you're flying in. And you're just going to get there at the most efficient speed possible. That's the way I see it happening. This is the way I... I'd, I'd say that would happen. I mean, Uber ain't going to have some person flying that thing. It's going to be computer controlled. And the cool thing about that is that it will take the most efficient path and be a safe path. Path, but I mean, you're still going to have birds in the air. You're still going to have all those issues. So you got to fly at the right altitude. You have all those issues happening. But I see this as something interesting that may, and I use that very lucid term, may work. The other problem I see is how big are these things going to be? Like, that's the real question, because they've got to have a certain amount of area to take off on. They've got to have a wingspan. They, I'm assuming, at least. So it would be like, oh, we can't land at your house because you have power poles between within 20 meters of it. Hmm. Yeah, that, see, that's another thing. You'd have to essentially redesign how the ground runs in order to compensate, not compensate, sorry, in order to, uh, oh, what's the word? Um... But just imagine, for example, for a job, your job is now to put helipads on every house. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. So you'd have to, the ground would have to accommodate to the air at that point. Yeah. And that's a lot of work. You know, you'd have to, you'd have to do it from area to area to area, like bringing in like the NBN or something like that. You'd have to do that. The difference between the NBN though and this is that it's just a platform that gets built on. It's like solar panels on your roof. Oh, that would be another problem though. If you got solar panels on your roof and now you want a helipad on your roof, I've got to work out where that's going. Man, this seems like there's a lot of logistics involved. I've just been thinking, every time we talk about this thing, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, and you brought up the birds and everything. That's a huge conservation issue. Yeah. Oh, 
then you gotta find the right altitude. Then you gotta have if you're up too high, you know, hypoxia you, might become an issue. Yeah, but then you if you go up too high, then you've got to worry about planes taking on and taking <laughs> off. You know, take, oh, yeah, yeah. take and off. Then you and, got fly zones yeah. and you got all that issue. I, I, well, okay. I feel like it's not gonna work. Okay, at this this, point. here's something I say. <laughs> here's something I could see happening, right? You go to you'd walk to a location in Perth and there'll be a literally a straight shot, essentially a network, as you said, of paths that these would take. And they'd only operate between certain hours and and certain conditions as well. And the conditions, you know, and they would hit these open areas in suburbs. And from there, their other Uber automated things would exist. So you'd land, that thing would rotate back. Essentially, what's essentially like the ferry is going across the river. And this would just be the new evolution of that, except in the air. Do you know what this all sounds like to me? Futuristic tech? No. I feel like... All of this, to me, is sounding like we should get in the Skyrail. You reckon Skyrail? A Skyrail. I feel like if that's that's all this is going to be in the end of the day. But think about all the infrastructure you have to put in for Skyrail compared to this. I mean, you'd still have to put in infrastructure for this as well, if we're going off our pillars and stuff like that. No, no, but... Fixing up the roofs of all <laughs> these houses, you know. No, but if, if you're going the Skyrail path versus this path, all you need to do is create a platform. You make the planes... People get in the pl- again. You get in the air taxis. They take off. They fly there. They land. They get out. This thing continues. You know, someone else might get in, or you know, it takes off again, drops someone off. This is all it would be. That seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, and the one thing though we haven't brought up though is people. The people factor is the worst thing on earth. Exactly. People are silly, and we are included in that. But you know, and like the thing is. Sometimes I'll when I'm driving on the ground, I don't trust the other people around me. Oh, now ma- imagine that with people in the air. But this is where it comes down to the whole automated system. You don't have the people factor there. They just sit there. They're the passenger. They're cargo. Yeah, and I don't like that at all. Loss of control. Yeah, I f- I feel like just relying on something to do things for us isn't going to be the right option because they don't put into consideration things which are outside of the rules. So, for example, if you tell a robot, green light means go, yellow light means slow down and get ready to go. I mean, and... No, sorry, sorry, <laughs> wow. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, ignore that. I did. Yellow light means go. Nah. Um. Yellow right. Put your foot down. <laughs> See what I was saying about yes. how people are stupid, but yes. you, you program a robot. Red means go. I mean, stop. <laughs> I did it again. Red, red means mean, stop. Red means stop. Green means go. Okay? Yes. That doesn't put into the moral choice of what humans do, whereas what if you going and then suddenly you don't actually have the time to stop and then you break that rule that doesn't have the robots don't have that consideration they'll just go either one or the other you know like off and on ones and zeros with binary and stuff like that i have more faith in tech with that with a yellow light okay car in front of me they've slowed down i'm slowing down or i mean if all all automated okay this one stops and this one goes there's this much time required to break in this car at at suboptimal levels we stop I just would like to clarify, by the way, that yellow doesn't mean go, by the way. <laughs> just just in case someone is yellow listening means, to me right now. <laughs> what, what does yellow mean? Slow down so and stop. In actuality, it, yellow is meant to mean stop. Yes. That is like part of the actual rules. Slow but down and stop slow down unless and stop. Yeah. you essentially can't. Exactly. Either way, though, we're going to go to our next songs, though. But I'd love to keep this topic going when we return, though, Byron. Okay. So uh, the next song which we are going to, though, is called Angel Glow. And it is by Moonlander X. And that was Lose It All by Otto San 
And before that, we had Late Night Fever by New Desire. Now, unfortunately, it is time for us to start wrapping things up here with Hump Day Vibes for this week, as it is almost five o'clock. And you know what that means? It means we're over for the day. No! <laughs> no! It also means the sun's going down. Well, probably... I mean, at this point of the year, yes, it does. Yeah, the yeah. sun's probably down now. The window is closed behind me, but yeah. We never have that open. <laughs> yeah. I should do a sneaky look. <laughs> All our fans to. are holding up signs there. <laughs> well, they probably are, you know. if It's like Schrodinger's box, or Schrodinger's cat, sorry. Have you heard of that? Yes, I know that. Okay, I yeah, know you theory. know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, if, if the blinds stay closed, clearly they're out there put, holding up signs for us. Until we open it, then nobody's there, because... Yeah. But yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible. Bit of, a bit of uh, cool theory right there for you. I could go on about Schrodinger's cat and all other things like... Um, well, they oh, did solve it. Yeah, and but there's another one like... Uh, oh, actually, never mind. It's uh, um, We don't have the time for me to explain. It's way too dirty, but... Uh, yes, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either way, though, uh, we will have to wrap it up for today, though. We hope you're all going to have a fantastic rest of the week. We hope you've had a great day. I wish we could talk about the Uber Air topic more and the problems with that. But, if you will, but unfortunately, we don't have the time. You're welcome to join us on the conversation about it on Facebook at Hump Day Vibes or even just check out the show at our normal website or the Radio Fremantle website as well. And remember, our website is humpdayvibes.com if you didn't know that. Either way, though, this has been Brock Byron and Alex will join us next week when he's here. It's been Hump Day Vibes and we will see you later and have a good day. Bye. Bye.